When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Burnout from workplace stress is still exceptionally high. At the end of last year, research firm Future Forum surveyed more than 10,000 full-time desk-based workers from the U.S., U.K., Germany, France, Australia, and Japan. The results? 42% of employees say they feel burnt out. This percentage is a continuation of high levels of burnout reported throughout 2020 and 2021. One solution that some experts are touting is the four-day work week. Last month, results were released from a pilot program in the UK where 61 companies tested this shorter schedule for six months. Right off the bat, findings showed several upsides. Workers are happier, more satisfied with their job, feel like they're being more productive. And there's also a decrease in absenteeism or, you know, calling in sick. That's Lindsay Cameron assistant professor of management at the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania. Cameron says that some of these companies are making the workday longer, but the majority are sticking to a classic eight-hour shift and then adding an extra day to the weekend. One proponent of this new model is Charlotte Lockhart, managing director and co-founder of Four Day Week Global. Her organization ran the successful pilot programs in the U.K., and we'll be testing out similar experiments in the U.S. this summer. It's not just about reducing work time. It's about focusing on productivity so that you can reduce work time. And then what we find when you do that is the, as I call it, the delicious circle of happiness where you have a much happier workforce who then go home and are much happier and do more fulfilling things in their personal lives and bring a happier person to work again. and. So it goes around. And so people less stressed, they get more sleep, they're enjoying their lives more, but then they bring a very productive person to work as well. With self-discipline and structure, Lockhart believes that employees can get everything done in four days instead of five, resulting in better work-life balance. However, Cameron points out that this type of workflow may not work well for everyone. It requires a lot of concentration and that a lot of like intensive mental effort in a short period of time. And that can be cognitively draining on workers to sustain over a long call. And I'm holding that as like a question mark, you know, but I do think it does demand more from the workers to stay engaged and alert to get everything done that you would have gotten done in five days in four days. So far, many successful trials of this shorter work week have been with smaller offices. Cameron's unsure if the same results can be replicated with bigger businesses that have multiple locations and hundreds or thousands of employees. Studies have been done in small to medium-sized companies 
ones where the CEO and the founder really can set the culture and the tone of to make a pilot like this really be successful because there are a fair amount of checks and balances and, you know, keying in with your workers that are needed. So we see this tend to be more smaller and mid-sized companies as opposed to really large ones. The other sticking point is that not everyone works an office job. If a shortened work week were to become the norm, many time-based workers would be left out. Work that requires on this heavy interactive component, so customer service work, care work, nursing work, your security guards, your plumbers who are working on your electricians, people on the manufacturing line, it's not as easy to implement a four-day work week for these individuals because you need someone on call. You can't just compress the work into a shorter period of time. So I think that's just a bigger thing for us to think about when companies are doing experiments around the four-day work week, what segment of your workforce could benefit from this policy and what might be excluded from the very beginning and what might be other work arrangements or perks that you'd be able to offer them. Cameron zooms in on the medical field as one example where a four-day work week with eight-hour shifts would be difficult to implement. Since hospitals need 24-7 coverage, more employees would need to be hired in order to accommodate four-day schedules. This would be challenging with the current shortage of nurses, techs, and other care staff. Despite the hurdles and initial complexities, Lockhart argues that it's still a change worth making in the long run. In fact, she says it has the ability to improve the quality of life for both patients and medical personnel. Statistically, in the U.S., there's over 200,000 people die every year because of medical misadventure from workplace stress by the medical community. So there's an economic cost. There's a social cost to those people being lost. And so if we actually recognize that, just picking on medicine, if we had a community that was all working less hours and less stressed, one of the things that our research shows is that insomnia statistics go down. Well, we know that quantity and quality of sleep, that lack of insomnia, actually has a huge impact on your health, not just now, but your longevity as well. And so if we put factors like that into our community, then less people are going to end up in hospital anyway. Less people are going to go to the doctor. Less people are going to have mental and physical health issues. So we will have a healthier community. While there are pros and cons to this revised schedule, the majority of Americans are still intrigued. This momentum began during the pandemic, when millions of workers were forced to be remote or on a hybrid schedule. Since then, many have realized that the typical 9 to 5, 5 days a week, 52 weeks a year, isn't the only effective way to get things done. However, despite this forced experiment from COVID, many leaders in the U.S. are still hesitant to change. The reality is that American work culture has always been largely traditional and more intense. We tend to work longer hours, both in the course of a given day or a week, but even we take less vacation. And this idea of Americans and work are really embedded into you know, our nation's history and ideology and how capitalism really grew and flourished here because of the Protestant work ethic. So when I say, you know, I don't think it's going to take off to the same degree in the United States, I think it's part of that it doesn't fit in the American ethos in the same way. We have this real drive to work. 
Cameron adds that a lot of businesses are wary of the four-day week because of the costs associated with the initial transition. In addition, some corporations are not fully sold yet on its long-term rate of success. Lockhart feels that this inability to change and take risks is a huge mistake. You've got a whole pile of employers going, you shall come back to the office, <laughs> because it's how they know how to do it. And they don't necessarily want to be challenged to change. What we do know, given the amount of attention that this gets, is that reducing work time will be in our future. And as a business leader, you can choose whether you want to be an early adopter, a middle adopter, or a late runner. Only time will tell if this new model sinks or swims in America's diverse work landscape. To find out more about the four-day work week and our guests, Lindsay Cameron and Charlotte Lockhart, visit viewpointsradio.org. To read the results of the UK pilot program, visit fourdayweek.com. This segment was written and produced by Grace Galanti. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Coming up next week. Especially these young people who are being bombarded with these messages to buy Shein, to buy these products. The multi-pronged approach to making real change in the fast fashion industry. Then. What they're basically telling us as a speaker and a listener is, hold on, I need a lot of neural activation for this. The deeper meaning behind our uhs and ums. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows and find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.